Engaging sermons on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. King Agrippa and Bernice arrived in Caesarea on a visit to Festus. Since they spent several days there, Festus referred Paul's case to the king, saying, There is a man here left in custody by Felix. When I was in Jerusalem, the chief priests and the elders of the Jews brought charges against him and demanded his condemnation. I answered them that it was not Roman practice to hand over an accused person before he has faced his accusers, and had the opportunity to defend himself against their charge. So when they came together here, I made no delay. The next day I took my seat on the tribunal and ordered the man to be brought in. His accusers stood around him, but did not charge him with any of the crimes I suspected. Instead, they had some issues with him about their own religion and about a certain Jesus who had died, but who Paul claimed was alive. Since I was at a loss how to investigate this controversy, I asked if he were willing to go to Jerusalem and there stand trial on these charges. And when Paul appealed that he be held in custody for the emperor's decision, I ordered him held until I could send him to Caesar. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord has established his throne in heaven. The Lord has established his throne in heaven. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all my being, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. The Lord has established his throne in heaven. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so surpassing is his kindness toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he put our transgressions from us. The Lord has established his throne in heaven. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, all you his angels, you mighty in strength, who do his bidding. The Lord has established his throne in heaven. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. After Jesus had revealed himself to his disciples and eaten breakfast with them, he said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Simon Peter answered him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. Then he said to Simon Peter a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Simon Peter answered him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was distressed that he had said to him a third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Amen, amen, I say to you, when you were younger, you used to dress yourself and go where you wanted. 
But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. He said this, signifying by what kind of death he would glorify God. And when he had said this, he said to him, follow me. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. And once again, we have a beautiful parallel between the first reading and the gospel, Jesus saying, follow me, and Paul doing exactly that, facing the secular authorities, bearing witness to the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and ultimately following Jesus both in life and in death, just as Jesus foretells Peter will do, and just as the martyrs of all time have done. Today we're celebrating actually a group of martyrs who died in in Uganda. These are proto-martyrs of Africa, first martyrs in the late 19th century. Over the course of a little over a year, Charles Luanga, and when you hear, and his companions, maybe you're thinking of a small group of people. No, we're talking about uh, over 100 people and uh, martyred there in Africa for standing up for the faith. And it reminds us of the cost of discipleship. It reminds us that we are in this 100%. God has shed his blood for us. We are willing to do so for him. We don't go out looking for persecution. The whole point is when persecution comes, we stand firm. It's a matter of standing firm. It's not a matter of looking for trouble, but of bearing witness to the faith, even when some are telling us to keep quiet. And this is often what it is with martyrs. They are given an easy way out, easy, humanly speaking, saying something, dropping some incense into a fire, signing a form. Not things that are physically overly taxing from a human point of view, but from a spiritual point of view, which constitute betrayal. And that's why the martyrs stand firm and say, no, I will not betray the God who died for me. This weekend, we'll celebrate Pentecost, the coming of the Holy Spirit. He gives us the strength to be martyrs He is the one who gives all the martyrs the strength to witness to the faith, even to death. He's the one who filled Jesus Christ. In the power of that spirit, the offering was made upon the cross. Today, in the 21st century, some 13 Christians every single day are killed for their faith throughout the world. This, we often think of the, in the age of, of persecution of Christians being in the first few centuries of the church and there was persecution and there were many martyrs. But today is an age of persecution as well. On the average, 13 a day. And there are few civic leaders anywhere in the world who have done more to bring attention to this religious persecution 
<clears throat> and to attempt to do something about it than President Donald Trump. Just look up what he did in terms of religious freedom when he was President of the United States. Convening special meetings at the United Nations, speaking in the international arena about this, training government employees to be sensitive to religious persecution when they work internationally, funding the, 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 uh, the fight against r religious persecution, and increasing religious freedom here at home as well through policies that would ensure believers who, for example, run ministries or seek aid for the government to carry out their mission, that they would not have to be at the same time silent about their faith or complicit in actions that violate their faith. Look it up. Look at how much President Donald J. Trump did for religious freedom. Those religious leaders who opposed him should be ashamed of themselves and should ask forgiveness from God, from us, and from the martyrs of today. Those who are living their faith and giving their lives for their faith. Some are being martyred not just by the shedding of their blood, but by the loss of their jobs threatened with the loss of their jobs because they will not do things that they are being mandated to do that violate their faith, this is wrong. And this is something that we all have to unite on. The reason we celebrate the martyrs and we wear red and we remember them from all parts of the world, St. Charles and his companions, Ugandan martyrs, because we're all in this together. And when someone has the courage makes the sacrifice of being martyred for their faith, whether by blood or in other ways, we are called to be standing there with them, defending them, honoring them, and above all, honoring them by making our own commitment to be faithful no matter what. Because we live in the Spirit, we are victorious in the resurrection of Christ, we, like St. Paul, like St. Peter, like St. Charles and his companions, like all the martyrs of all time, like the 13 Christians being killed every single day now for their faith, we will stand with the risen Christ who says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. I hold the keys of death and of hell. Behold, I am alive forevermore. I share my life with you. Amen. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.